This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Third fucking podcast this week. Are you guys tired of listening to me? I'm tired of listening to me. Listen, it's fight. It's fucking fight. Highland fight month. You're going to be hearing a lot of me these next two months. Uh, there's a show last night. I'm recording this on a Thursday. I'm going to give you the pick em for this weekend. Joe B versus Devinson Figueiredo. Um, interesting card. I just went over it. I've been previewing it all day. We'll get into that first. Let me recap uh, what happened last night. Okay. Some interesting things last night. I never really fully shit on this card. I don't think I did. And um, just a lot of debuting fighters, a lot of European fighters with a lot of hype or maybe really good track records or whatever. The debut last night, a lot of them showed out. Really interesting. Uh, I love new blood. I love when guys show up and they look great. We're going to have some new talent in the certain divisions or whatever. So that's always such a good thing. And I think that's what the mid-car week should be. I, I, that's why I love the contender series on Tuesday nights. I think a Wednesday night, you put a pretty decent main event together, but let's debut a bunch of these fighters that possibly are going to be names in the future. And I feel like this was a great card. I just remember back in the WEC days, they were on Wednesday nights. And tell you what, I stayed up. I fell asleep, woke up right at the end of Tim Elliott and uh, Ryan Benoit. So I didn't get to see the fight. I did see Twitter. People were very upset with the decision. I think it went either way. I don't think anyone's saying robbery. Some people had Benoit. Some people had Elliot. I picked Elliot. Obviously, I didn't bet. I unloaded the clip. If you follow me on Twitter, MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter. I All my winnings, five units up, all my winnings from Saturday, I put all on Calvin Cater, and I had to wake up. I had to wake up to watch the main event. Great main event. We'll get to all that. We'll start with the main event. You know what? Fuck it. We'll start with the main event, and then we'll, we'll switch and go top up, because that's what everyone wants to hear. Awesome stuff. I was half asleep, but I did watch it. I rewatched it again today. Calvin Cater's sharp. His boxing, it's crisp. He's very athletic. I think uh, his athleticism gets overlooked a little bit. You know, everyone's like, oh, well, his takedown offense isn't great. He's not great on his back. But, you know, is not a beast wrestler, but Ige did go for some takedowns, and Calvin Cater looked really strong, had some good hips, really explosive, and he's a freak athlete. He's really, really good. His boxing combinations looked fierce. They looked good. Um, he looked fantastic. He won every round except maybe one. Uh, got his nose broken in there. The second round, Ige really turned it on. And then, you know, uh, Calvin kind of settled in there. That one-two body shot that he throws, that long right hand. He's got a good jab. He did take some kicks yesterday. Ige's as tough as they come. He belongs in the top 10. Um, the kid's a stud, right? You know, I thought <clears throat> Calvin Cater was going to finish here. Uh, I would have probably propped it if, if I did. I didn't. I bet it straight. But I would have propped for... <clears throat> Cater to finish. Excuse me, take a drink. Don't want to be fucking clearing my throat in the mic. <clears throat> Too late. Um, but you guys are tough as to come. He belongs in the top 10. Calvin Cater just proved he's on another level right now. You know, I think he's ranked six. He's going to have to get ranked higher. Some of these guys above him have to fight. You know, uh, people were saying the Josh Emmett fight makes sense. And it, that's a great fight. It really is. But Emmett's out for like at least a year. You know, he tore his knee up. So you can't keep Calvin on the shelf that long. And is Zombie going to fight? Is fucking Ortega going to fight? Is Zabib going to fight? I think Zabib's uh, with Yair sometime in August, but I don't know if that's signed, if it's official. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I know there's a lot of Regency you know, bias in uh, MMA. I know there's a lot of what have you done for me lately. We're all high on Calvin Cater right now, but the kid's a stud. He's as close to one of my guys as you can get. So I was a little late to the Calvin Cater train. Now, if you don't know my rules about my guy list... I like picking people up, putting my stamp on them 
early, right? And uh, I don't like putting it on champions or maybe, you know, it's like uh, Calvin Cater's going to be in the top five and I can't be like, oh, he's one of my guys now. Yeah, no shit. I should have saw that forever ago and I didn't. I missed it. But I really do like Calvin Cater. I think he matches up well with anybody in that division. He looks sharp. He went five rounds. He's got a good chin. He's got good power. The only complaint I would have, and he is young and he can figure it out. Maybe he was pacing himself for five rounds, but I feel like he's got this killer instinct in there that needs to be let out, right? Uh, You've seen it when he rocks guys and the way he finishes on the ground. He's a fucking savage. I feel like that savage can come out a little more when he's standing up with a guy. Um, He didn't really rock Ige too much. He definitely didn't drop Ige, but, you know, he buzzed Ige a little bit with some shots. But uh, I don't know if the finish necessarily was there because Ige is as tough as he come, but... I just want to see maybe Calvin Cater prioritize finish sometimes. And it's not like the guy doesn't finish people, so I am being a little hard on him. But uh, I, I just thought he looked great. So that was a great main event. I stayed up for that one. Or I did not stay up. I woke up for that one. Excuse me. So we'll go bottom up. Jorge Gonzalez got canceled. So, um, again, my card's all weird. This doesn't have the order of how the fights went. I know that. So I'm just going to go with how my card was. So John Phillips was Kazimat Shimaroff. Uh Kazimat just destroyed him. Devin, a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people are, are very, very high in this kid. They love they loved the way he looked. I'm not taking anything away from him. I think he looked fantastic, right? He's very young in his MMA career. Was that his eighth or seventh or eighth fight? Um, was it his ninth fight? What was it? Okay, that was his seventh MMA fight. So he's 7-0. and um, He's... I think he's a 170 fighter. I think he's a little small for 85. John Phillips, though, guys, it's John Phillips. I always look at the competition you're fighting. Now, I think this kid's a beast. I think he can do that to a lot of people. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just going to hit the pause on dick riding him for a little bit because, you know, it's John Phillips. The guy's got one win in the UFC, right? He's got no ground game, whatever, whatsoever. Excuse me. Um, so I'm going to put a pause on that, even though I think, uh, Kazmat, if I'm saying that right, I think he is good, but he's seven and oh, so let's just, let's just put a break on that. I do think at one seven though, he can be a problem. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he was a high favorite. I mean, that was, that was a no brainer. I picked every prelim card, right? By the way, uh, every fight, right? So that was, uh, you know, when, uh, when eight, three on my picks, I, I struggled a little bit on the beginning of the main card, but eight, three on my picks in, uh, you know, we got to do what we do. Uh, next up, Modesto Bulakis versus Andres Mikaletis. Hell of a fucking trouble saying that. So this was a weird one. Um, both guys evenly matched. Mikaletis, Andreas, I'll say that because that's what Bisbing did. You know, he was chewing up uh, He was chewing up Modesto's leg, his lead leg, and his leg was was uh, getting chewed up. But, you know, he's young, he's tough, he's big, he's powerful. He started marching forward. And then uh, Andreas went for kind of a takedown to steal the round. It was a very close round. He went for a takedown to steal the round, and then uh, Bukakis has those elbows, rocked him, and then it was kind of that weird Michael Chandler stool situation where he thought the cage was there, and he leaned back. I think he was just trying to buy some time. I think he thought they were illegal elbows. He fell back because he was a little wobbly. The ref called it. Uh, I didn't see him complaining too much about the calling. I saw him complaining more about how they were in the back of the head. They look clean to me. Obviously, there's that, there's that weird gray area right there where the ref was right on top of it. Apparently, Mark Goddard's like, hey, you want to look at the replay? The ref's like, no, I saw what I saw. So uh, I got that fighter's right as well. This is a, That's what I thought was going to happen. Maybe he's just a little bit too man of a McClatus. McClatus I've seen in the past where the fight's not going his way. He does fade a little bit. He does kind of get uninterested. Even though the first round was going his way, I felt like when he went for that takedown and he felt that fucking man on him, he went, oh, okay. And then he got fucking elbowed in the side of his head and was like, oh, okay, that hurts. Next up, Aaron Phillips was Jack Shore. This was the first fight of the night they had on my card. It's the third fight. 
Jack Shore does what Jack Shore does, right? Uh, Aaron Phillips has struggled with, with these types of fighters. I got to go quickly here. I don't want to take up too much time. Jack Shore went out, dominated Aaron Phillips, took him down, submitted him, uh, dominated every position, everything on the, every second of that fight. Lerone Murphy, my underdog lock, he went out there and, and beat up Ricardo Ramos. Ricardo Ramos used a lot of energy with those fancy kicks. Lerone Murphy, solid prospect. This kid's good. He's big. He's powerful. He's strong. He's more well-rounded than you think. Um, ended up taking the fight to the ground, which everyone thought might have been a bad idea, and then he fucking just obliterated Ramos. Um, awesome fight. Awesome. Good for Lerone Murphy. He's got an interesting story, too. This guy got shot in the face and drove himself to the hospital. That's crazy. Uh, Luana Jojua, she won an arm bar. That was my risky business bet. She was 145 on the dog as well. Go to, go to Liana Jojua's Instagram, okay? I know she's got a little bit of a nose on her. I don't mind noses. Go on her Instagram, though, okay? Do, you, do yourself a favor. It's pretty easy on the eyes. I, I'm into her. And she had a nice arm bar. She wasn't letting that fucking thing go. Good win for her. First UFC win. Molly, Cam- Molly McCann versus Taylor Santos. I have no idea what happened here. I thought Molly McCann was going to bully this girl all over the place. Santos lost to Maria Barella, who stinks. Santos, you know, good record. But, you know, the, a lot of these Brazilian fighter records, when they come from Brazil, they're a little bloated or whatever. But she outwomaned Molly McCann, which is too big, too strong, dominated everywhere, lost that fight, underdog I missed. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. Jimmy Rivera versus Cody Stamen. I took Stamen here. I lost. Rivera looked sharp. Never been impressed by Rivera. I thought Stamen should have put the foot on the gas a little more. I feel like he was getting buzzed a little bit. Uh, Rivera, I was. I think I even said Stamen was faster. I was really wrong about that. Jimmy Rivera has really, really fast hands. Um, Stamen... His hands are getting better, but he's more of a grappler. And, and, and you know, he took uh, Rivera down once, but couldn't do it again. The grappling was kind of even, and then just Rivera was countering really well. And uh, it was a fairly close fight, but I mean, you scored it for Rivera for sure. Jared Gordon versus Chris Fishgold. This fight was kind of a little wild. Jared Gordon, not one of my favorite guys to watch. Dominate Chris Fishgold, took him to the ground, and just beat him up every round. Uh, a really interesting fight. One of my sent him homes that I got wrong, uh, Adul Razak Kazan versus Manar Lazas. Monar Lazas was a plus 280. I didn't know his story about Dana White's like son's friend showing him. Kids out of Dubai. The reason I picked uh, Hassan was for many reasons. I think a lot of people picked him. He's a big favorite, and he has knockout power. I didn't do the proper uh, research on Monar. Now, listen, no probably 3% chance I would have picked Monar if I really dug deep into him. But uh, probably not. Trains out of Dubai. He does have really good striking. He has knockouts on his record. But I'm like, who is he fucking fighting? He's not finding anybody. Hassan coming off the two-year layoff, almost two-year layoff. You know, I thought he might have been hungry. Obviously, there's a little ring rust there. Really, really good fight. Close fight. I thought Hassan won the first round and the Minar took over the round. But Minar fucking impressed me. The kid's striking. is slick. It's smooth. He's long for that division. He took big shots by a, a pure, pure knockout artist. And he took him well, and he stayed calm, and he didn't freak out, and he he looked really, really fucking talented in there. His kicks were great. That lead elbow, almost like he was a jab. Um, his footwork was amazing. His cardio was good. His takedown defense was good. Um, it, you know, he he impressed the shit out of me, right? I, I would like to maybe see him. If they stay on Fight Island, there's there's rumors that if Nevada shuts down, they're going to take move everything to Fight Island. If they stay on Fight Island, that's obviously a home kind of advantage for him. I'd like to see him get on there again, depending if he if he came out unscathed. But I'm upset because I missed a plus 280 underdog. You, know, you can't catch them all. I hit two underdogs in this, but that one upset me. Tim Elliott versus Ryan Benoit. Again, I didn't really get to watch this fight. Um... I saw the end of it. I went back and watched some of these fights that I missed, but I did not watch this one, like the uh, Molly McCann-Tala Santos fight. Jimmy Rivera, Cody Salmon, I went back and watched and 
Asan and uh, and Menard watched, and I was impressed. Uh, this fight, I didn't really, you know, kind of, you know, I touched it on the beginning, and then we obviously went to Calvin Cater. So eight three on my picks, not bad. Your boy's hot right now. I emptied the clip on Calvin Cater, and I fucking did some damage. Okay, I won. Uh, he was a huge favorite. They kept showing the line of him at like 290, 265, 225. I got him at 310. I got him really high. FanDuel had him at minus 310, which is high. But I fucking just let it ride. I, I didn't love anybody. I was going to put some on the Lerone Murphy because he was my underdog lock. I wanted some underdog money. But when I got there, I just decided to fucking let it all ride in Colin Cater because that was the one I was most confident in. He was my lock lock in the night. Um, and yeah, so let's get in this weekend, July 18th. We're going to crown a new flyweight champion people and no flyweights might not get your dick hard. A lot of people think some people think they shouldn't be in the OC. Other people think they should be in the OC. I think they're amazing, especially this rematch or running it back after what happened the first time. So let's get into it. The card itself. I went over it again. There's some people, you know, there's some people you don't know. I think there's some really good up and talent, uh, up and coming talent. Not a lot of UFC debuts. Unlike the Wednesday night card, there was a ton of UFC debuts. There's a few, but there's also some people that have been established and who fought in the UFC before. And we'll get to those. So the first fight of the night, Sergey Spivak, who's 10 and two. He's a minus 148 favorite. He's fighting Carlos Felipe. Eight. No, he's a plus 126 underdog. Felipe, Brazilian, big fucking Brazilian heavyweight. Uh, Sergei Spivak, a guy, I got what, what, Ukraine, I think. Is he coming from Ukraine? What's that flag? If it's Mondolva, I'll cry. Ukraine, yeah, he's from Ukraine. Um, this is a guy that came in with a lot of hype, European hype behind him. I think he was undefeated coming in the UFC. Uh, got squashed by Walt Harris, and I think he lost his last time out. His only win is tied to Avasa. Carlos Felipe making his UFC debut. I cannot find a lot of tape on this kid. I looked up on his Instagram, I see him hitting pads. Seems like a heavy hitter. Doesn't seem to fat, like the fastest guy in the world. Um, he's 8-0. He's undefeated. But again, you got to be really careful with some of these Brazilian fighters because they fight. Like, literally, there's a fight be, be pre, pre-COVID. There's like a fight down every night. So a lot of these Brazilian fighters have ballooned up records. And uh, you don't know what to believe or not. So many fighters, you have uh, Brazilian fighters that come to the UFC and just have fallen to the wayside. I mean, it's a fighting culture down there. I mean, some of them are savages, and you'll get some good ones, and you'll get some duds. I'm going to take a bet on that it's a dud, right? Carlos Felipe, I can't find a ton on him. His records are, uh, the guys he fought weren't big shows because the records on topology just says when. It doesn't tell you how. I'm assuming he's going to have some power, maybe some jujitsu. Don't know much about him. Sergey Spivak, though, has a little bit of striking to him. Um, can can move a little bit. He got bodied up by Martian Tabura's last time out. I don't think that's going to happen here. I think he might have learned from a mistake. Starting the night off with heavyweights. I'm going to go spit back. I'm going to go chalk here. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't love this fight uh, for a first fight of the night. Usually they kind of put the heavyweights kind of in the middle. You know, let us get some, you know, let us get some action. I'd rather the next fight be the first fight of the night. It's Davi Hamos, 10 and 3, plus 188 underdog. He's fighting Amon to Sakarian. To Sakarian. 14 and 2. He's a minus 225 favorite. One of the guys, Armand, who lost his UFC debut to Islam Makachev, one of the more impressive UFC debuts coming off a loss, right? Islam won that fight. He took Islam down. This kid is a beast. He's strong. He's big. His grappling's insane. Davi struggled with Islam in the in, in the grappling department. He's a sick, sick black belt, jujitsu black belt. Um, striking obviously wild. He wants to get to the fight to the ground. I can see Hamost. Catching Armand, I can absolutely see that. If come Saturday, 
I'm in Indiana and I feel a little froggy. I might, I'm not going to bet Hamas straight up. I won't take him as just a money line winner. I might just do a prop and say he'll win by submission. I don't know what that prop is. I don't have it in front of me. I'm sure it's going to be maybe in the pluses because he is a significantly big underdog. That's what I would do because the only way he's going to win is if Amon gets a little arrogant, a little cocky, and gets his arm taken or neck taken, right? Amon looked fantastic in his last UFC fight, dominated from bell to bell. His cardio is a machine. He's a cardio machine. Uh, His striking's coming a little bit. He's a young kid, good record. Um, I'm going to go chalk here again. I'm going to go the minus 225 fader in Amon. Um, I just think he's a really, really good talent. I think he's going to be a problem in this lightweight division. I mean, Islam Makachev is one of the worst matchups for anybody in that division. The way he smothers people like, you know, the Khabibs, they fight very similar, and uh, I think Armand's a young enough kid that he's going to get better and better over time. And uh, yeah, I like Armand there uh, to beat Davi Hamas. But like I said, if if you want to take an underdog prop, Davi Hamas by submission isn't the craziest thing in the world. I just think Armand's going to be a little too much for him. Next up, Malcolm Gordon, twelve and three, plus one fifty underdog. He's fighting Amir Albaziz, Albazaz, Alba Albaz. I'm going to say Albazi. Abazi, I think I nailed it. He's a Swedish fighter. He's 12 and 1. He is a minus 178 favorite. He's making his UFC debut. Both these guys are. Malcolm Gordon, pride of Canada. A lot of people love this kid. Um, flyweight. And wait, what's that? Sorry, I think I hear something. Dogs. Dogs. You like dogs? Oh, dogs. Sure. I like dogs. This is MMA Takes. The underdog lock of the night. I almost fucked that up. Listen, Malcolm Gordon is is really good on the ground. He's pretty well rounded. Amir Abazaz Abaziz. I just said it. I can't. Just I'm gonna call him Amir. Twelve and one. All his wins are basically by. Uh, I mean, he's got some TKO wins in there, but he's he's, he's mostly a, um, a submission guy. He's a ground guy. His only loss to Jose Torres, who fought in the UFC, a stud one twenty five er. Malcolm Gordon, though, you know, a lot of Canadian people that I follow are high in this kid. He's got a good record. Both these records are very similar. Um, I just see, listen, when two grapplers go at it, it's either going to be a stand-up or one grappler is going to be significantly better, right? And I like Canadian MMA over Swedish MMA. I like Canadian MMA over European MMA. I think Canadians are tough. I think they're born fighters. And a lot of talent has come out of Canada. Some really, really studs. And Malcolm Gordon, I, I looked at some tape on him. He, I think he's a solid prospect. He's taken his fight on short notice. Not really sure if Amir is too. I probably, I'm assuming he is. But uh, Malcolm Gordon's number one flyweight in Canada. This is the number one flyweight in the Middle East. It makes perfect sense. When you give me a plus 150 number on a debut fighter against another debut fighter who have similar records, similar styles, I'm good to go underdog every time. And there's not a lot of meat on this bone for this card for underdogs, in my opinion. I can be completely wrong. I can miss all underdogs. But he's the one that stood out to me. This was, it, was, it was down to him and another fighter, obviously, later in the card. Um, but I like Malcolm Gordon. I think Malcolm Gordon's probably going to win by a uh, decision. It's going to be a close fight. He might get a submission in there, but I doubt it. But... Uh, yeah, I, li- I like Mountain Gordon to win this. I-, I think maybe he'll be just a little bit more athletic and, and more polished. Um, so we're going Mountain Gordon underdog, man. You cash your tickets, boys. Go place the bets. Next fight. Fight I'm looking forward to a lot. Brett John, 16 and 2. He is a plus 180 underdog. He's fighting Montel Jackson, 9 and 1. I don't know how Montel doesn't come out to Montel Williams. This is how we do it. I mean, you have the name Montel. Come out to Montel Williams, one of the greatest songs ever. He's 9-1. He is a minus 225 favorite. Uh, I love Montel Jackson. This kid's big. Fun fact, I think he has bigger hands than, than he wears bigger gloves and has bigger hands than Francis Agano. I heard John Anik say that maybe on the podcast, maybe on the broadcast. 
He's a big bantamweight. He's a big 135er. Brett Johns, solid kick. Came in the UFC undefeated. Has lost two fights in the UFC. Has rebounded his last time out. Really, really slick on the ground. He's got some good submissions. But I just think Montel's going to body him up. He's going to be too big. He's not going to put himself in any dangerous position. Montel had a fucking finish on the feet the last time he fought. And he kept going for takedowns. Um, I think he's maybe learned from that. Brett Johns, I don't think, is all that, you know, he's not scared to stand up he obviously prefers the ground but montel i think is gonna be the longer better puncher and, and the more powerful guy i think he's gonna out position brett johns now brett johns it's just kind of another thing like davi hamas i think the only way brett johns is wins by submission so you could go prop brett johns by submission if you want to hedge your bets take montel money line take brett johns prop by submission um instead of having him money line and winning i think that might be a good way to kind of hedge your bets here but i do think montel's gonna win i know he's a little high at minus 225 i want to see this line a little closer because i do think brett johns is competitive i mean with the decision with aljermaine sterling didn't get finished went to decision with pedro munis didn't get finished so uh it, you know montel is on the cusp i know he's a young guy he's on the cusp though of uh maybe cracking that top 15 top uh uh yeah top 15 in, in the 135 pound division all right next up Joe Alvarez, 16 and 2. He's a plus 270 underdog. He's fighting Joe Duffy, who is 16 and 4. He's a minus 370 favorite. This fight perplexes me. Both guys are finishes. Joe Alvarez has not looked good in the UFC. He's looked good outside the UFC. I believe from Spain, maybe. Joe Duffy had a lot of hype coming to the UFC, right? The guy that beat Conor McGregor, all this stuff. I don't think he's really looked all that good in the UFC. I think he's pretty well-rounded. I think his submission game is a little underrated. His boxing game, I think, is overrated. You know, he's a was a professional boxer or whatever, you know, and, and then, you know, he's, he's been getting knocked out and starts by some of these guys. You know, I think he's capable. I feel like I haven't seen him in a while. Um, minus 370 to me is really high. This is a, this. is I'm just going to not touch this at all. I have to pick because this is a podcast, so I'm going to pick Joe Duffy. I think he's just the more polished guy. I think Joe Alvarez has a balloon record, uh, fought fought uh, a bunch of people that no one knows, and he came to the big show, and, and he hasn't done so well. I think he does have a UFC win his last time out, and I looked it up. Uh, I have no idea who that guy he fought, though. No idea who he got that, how he got that win. But, you know, Joe Duffy, again, a guy that a lot of people had high hopes for was going to leave the UFC. Now he's with the UFC again. I don't really know what's going on with him. Um, I do think he ha- is going to be better everywhere. Probably a finish, too. I would probably prop this for a finish. I wouldn't touch Moneyline, though, because, you know, one guy's really high, plus 270. So if you're a big Alvarez fan, which I don't think there's anyone out there that is, but, um, and if you're really confident Joe Duffy, minus 370 to me is just way too wide. All right, next up, you got Grant Dawson, who's 15-1. and one. He's a minus 250 favorite. He's fighting Nan Narmini, who is 12-3. He's a plus 205 underdog. And boys... Isn't my risky business better than night? I'm taking that in Armenia here, and I'll tell you why. I don't like Grant Dawson. He's got a lot of hype. He's very arrogant. Came from the Contender Series, and I just I don't know what it is. I just don't think he's that great. He's big and he's strong for the division. I think they're having a catch weight at 150. I think that's what it says here. He's big for featherweight. Nan Armini is a good wrestler, probably not the best wrestler. He gets put on his back. He's in trouble. Trained with alpha male guys. He's an English fighter. I don't think he went to alpha male for this camp. So it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But when you're plus 205, I just think honestly, I just think Grand Dawson's way too high. I feel like every time he fights, he's this huge favorite. I'm like, when the fuck did this guy earn this to become this huge favorite all the time? I don't see it. Maybe history is going to look down on me and say I was fucking wrong when Grant Dawson goes 
30 and one and becomes a featherweight champion in the world. And I'm sitting here and people are going to be playing what I'm saying right now back to me saying, Oh, you fucking hate, you hate it. I hope that's the case. You know what I mean? I don't root against any fighter. Maybe a couple, but I just don't see it. I don't see the talent, you know, and Nan Armini again, I think he's an okay fighter. I don't think he's fantastic. I think he's he's fought some tough guys in the UFC. I think he's lost. But there's some talent there, right? So without them cut, cutting a full 145, I think Nadine Armini could maybe have the cardio advantage. I have seen Grant Dawson slow down. Um, so if Nadine Armini can withstand some of Grant Dawson's first rounds onslaught because he is a problem in that first round, I think he can win. And again, plus 205, your boy going to risk it. Yeah, you're going to risk it. All right, hold on. Next up, feature prelim. Cadiz Igamramalmov. I pronounce this guy's name wrong every fucking time. Cadiz, he is fighting Roman Dolazes. God damn. He's a 6 0. Cadiz is a underdog here. He's a plus 160. Roman is a minus 190. Roman making his UFC debut. Cadiz, I think he's 0 2 in the UFC. Um, I know he basically had a win and then gas against John Um Park. Or Don uh, Don Jong, yeah. So he's zero two in the UFC. Lost to Ed Herman. Um, I looked up tape on Roman. This guy's wild. He's powerful. He's strong. He's um, I believe he's from Georgia, but he trains out of the Ukraine. Making his UFC debut. He's got good takedowns. He's got decent cardio. He's not the biggest guy for light heavyweight, but he is powerful. He's got some heavy hands to him. So I see him. But he's wild, right? Uh, Ember, uh Kalis, Kadis, Kadis, um. Has never really impressed me in any of his fights. He had the fight one against Dongon Jun, but then the gassed out and got finished. I think Roman just could be a little too much for him, too aggressive, too powerful. Probably going to mix up his stuff, take downs, two punches, and, and probably get a finish. Yeah, I'm going to go Roman. He's a little high for uh, making his to debut. I don't think you know there's a ton on paper. He's 6-0 and right now. Light heavyweight needs people, though. Um, so I'm going to go Roman here for sure. All right, next up, main card. Banger of a fight. Alexandra uh, Pantoja, 22 and four. He's a minus 225 favorite. He's fighting Askarov, Askarov who's 11 0 and one. He's a plus 180 underdog. Um, this fight surprised me because a lot of people are high, or the line surprised me. Excuse me. Pancho, Pantoja was going to fill in for Figueroa and Benavides. It is Thursday night here in on the East Coast, so I do not know if Pantoja has weighed in. Uh, or excuse me, I don't know if Figueroa has passed all his tests, weighed in. Pantoja could replace one of those guys if that happens. I don't know. Um, so we'll hold our breath on that. But Pantoja, solid kid, really, really, really good. Um, come from the ultimate fighter. Um, good on the ground. His stand-up's getting a lot better. He's tough. He's fought the best competition at flyweight. Askar Askarov is a guy a lot of people are really high on. He's undefeated, right? Um, he had a really close time fight his last time out. Um, Tim Elliott, he he went three rounds with Tim Elliott, rocked him real bad. I was I've been never been blown away by Askar. I think I've picked against him every single time. I'm really surprised to see how big of an underdog he is here. This is a guy I almost took a shot on. I almost took a shot on the underdog here, but I just really think Pantoja just leaps and bounds better. This is one of those close my close to lock of the night. I usually don't like giving lock of the nights that high unless I'm absolutely in love with the guy. I'm not in love with Pantoja, so I don't want to give the absolute lock in the night on him, but I do feel really confident. I know 225 is a pricey number, but if you want to put him in a parlay, you want to spread him out, that's fine. If you have the bankroll to bet him straight, I feel confident in that. I think it's going to be a very good fight. This is going to answer a lot of questions with Ascar. If you are an Ascar guy and you're like, I need a dog, I just need dog hunting, you know, you're going dog hunting. Uh, Ascar is an interesting guy. This is a guy, this, this fight really put me on pause. I didn't know who I was going to take. 
and I end up going Pantoja just because I think he he has fought the better competition. He has double the fights, and I think his skills are, are, are a lot better. All right, next up, Andrea Arian Lipsky, 12 and 5, minus 118 favorite fighting Luana Carolina, who is 6 and 1. She is a plus 100 underdog. <clears throat> Basically, a bowl of spaghetti fight, guys. Lipsky, hot, but hasn't really won in the UFC, hasn't done shit. I mean, I think she does have a win. Luana making her debut. Love the last name, Carolina. Both Brazilian girls. She's 6 and 1. Never seen a fight. Didn't look up tape on her. I know I should have. But I'm going to take the underdog here, right? I don't bet on women's fights, but if you see a woman at plus 100, this is a pick em fight, any fucking thing could happen. So you could go either way for this. I'm just going to happen to go Luana with an underdog here because, you know, that's what I do. I don't pick fucking chalk. I'm not going to brag about, I picked every fight right. Well, yeah, because you picked every fucking favorite, asshole. I'm going to go for underdogs, and that's what I'm fucking providing for you guys. Underdog picks, even though I'm not confident in it. And I won't be betting it. But, you know, bet at your own uh, own discretion there. All right, next up, Mark Dak. I don't know why. I have seen this guy fight so many times. I've pronounced his name so many times. I've heard his name so many times. And I have such a hard time pronouncing his fucking name. Mark Dakakis. I know that's not it. Dakakis. Fuck. John Annex by rolling over fucking insulted right now. He's 14 and 3. He's a minus 170 favorite. He is fighting Rafael Fizev. Sure. Fizev, who's 7 and 1, plus 138 underdog. This was the underdog I really took a look at here. Mark is an explosive striker. I feel like his last few fights, though. He's been trying to pace himself a little bit. He's been trying to get a little more ring time in there. He does have cardio issues. He has slowed down in the past. Uh, Rafael Fizev got knocked out in his UFC debut really early by Magomed Mustaf uh, by spinning back kick uh, and punches. He ripped to the body, but he has a win over Alex White, which is a solid win at one, uh, 155. Mark um, Dakakis, uh, brutal. The bone crusher. He's been in the UFC for a long time. He's in the UFC video game. He's coming off two wins. He beat Joe Duffy. He beat Lando Venata. All in 2019, obviously. Before that, he had three losses, but they were the solid guys. Dracar close by split. Dan Hooker and Nasser Haparas. I don't think he's ever been finished in his career. Yeah, he's never been finished in his career. He's got a good little UFC record. More but better than I thought. Um, I'm going to go the underdog here. I'm going to go Rafael simply because I feel like this fight's going to go a little bit. <clears throat> Mark probably has seen some tape on Rafael. He's, he, you know, he's been hurt before to the body. I think he's going to go body hunting. He's got some good kicks. He is explosive. He is powerful. I think his explosion in that first round is something Rafael, maybe I should pronounce it like that. I feel like he's got to be aware of, right? He has been finished in the first round before. His only loss. Um, but after that, Mark slows down. I think Rafael maybe has a little bit more well-rounded of a game. I think he can take it over. And when you give me a line like plus 138, plus 140, I think this is going to go up a little bit. I'm going to take uh, Rafael. Mark, again, solid kid, solid striker. Um, good record. Um, could be way off on this fight. I'm just reading it. This is how I'm reading it. So, um, it, you know, it is what it is. I'm not confident. I don't want to play the risky business jingle again, but I'm very not confident in this fight. However, you know, that's this was going to be my underdog lock is why I went Malcolm Gordon instead. But the more I think about it, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. Second guessing myself. What's the second guessing yourself? Bullshit, Brian. Be confident. All right. Co-main event. Love this co-main event. Final two fights are sick. Jack Hermanson is 20 and 5. He's a plus 100 underdog. He's fighting Kelvin Gaslam, who's 16 and 5. He's a minus 118 favorite. Um, this is going to be my lock of the night. And 
This is going to be my send him home. Send him home. Send him home early. I'm very high in Kelvin Gaslam. I've been a Kelvin Gaslam supporter forever, right? Um, the only time I've rooted against Kelvin Gaslam, obviously, was his last two fights against Izzy, one of my guys, and Darren Till, one of my guys. So, obviously, I wasn't rooting for him. But his fight with Izzy, if that Kelvin Gaslam shows up, he is a problem for anybody, right? This guy's got a powerful left hand. The Darren Till fight wasn't Kelvin Gaslam. He fought very cautious and scared and kind of weird. I don't know what it was. You know, I, I'm a little worried about the tr- uh, cross-country travel. Um, Kelvin Gaslam isn't the best guy at making weight. Jack Hermanson lost his last fight out, got finished by uh, Jared Cannonier, has been finished before in the UFC. Very, very solid prospect. He's really good on the ground. He's really good on top. You know, the way he handled Jacare was really impressive. His cardio is really good. I'm happy this is a three-round fight. Um, you know, I just picture Kelvin, and I'm surprised he's as low as he is. I think this is a really good value bet here. Either way you take it, I think you're going to win. This is a pick em fight, the way they're at in their careers. I just think Kelvin, I know Termanson's tall. Kelvin fights tall guys really well. He's got that big power in the left hand. His boxing's pretty good. His wrestling's pretty good. I don't see Jack probably taking Kelvin down. And if he does, Kelvin pops right back up for being an undersized middleweight. If Kelvin's in shape and if Kelvin shows up that fought Izzy, I think it's going to be over inside three downs. That's why I'm putting him, send him home. And it's my lock of the night, my absolute lock of the night. Kelvin got some bet I will be betting. Now I have thought about it. Darren Till fights next Saturday. That's my guy. That's a really good card next Saturday. If you haven't looked it up, we'll do a pick them next week. Sit card. I bet every time Darren Till fights, right? I've won more money than I've lost, obviously, but I'm thinking about maybe not betting a lot on this card, if at all, and emptying the clip again on Darren Till. I don't know what the line is yet on Till. I should probably, we'll say that for the next podcast. But back to this fight. Kelvin Gaslam, I just think it's going to be a little too much for Jack Hermanson. At least he could be. Again, the Kelvin Gaslam has showed up to fault Darren Till, probably he's not going to win this fight, right? But Kelvin Gaslam hardly ever gets dominated. He does gas. Even the fights that he gasses in, it's, it's a close fight, right? It's always going to be a close fight with Kelvin Gaslam. Solid chin on this kid. Hermanson stand up. It's decent, but I, I, I don't think he loves being hit. He's going to have a problem getting Gaslam down. If he does get him down, it's going to be a problem because Hermanson is sick on top. He's got some good chokes. I just see Kelvin Gaslam eventually get to catch him with that left hand. Hermanson has been knocked out before. And uh, Kelvin's a finisher. Kelvin's a savage in there. So I'm going to go Kelvin, lock, and send him home. Let's go. All right, main event, Devison Figueiredo. He's 18-1. He's a minus 220 favorite versus Joseph Benavidez, who is 28-6, plus 184 underdog for the vacant flyweight championship. Running it back because of a headbutt, because of a knockout, because of whatever. Rewatch the first fight. They put it on YouTube. Rewatched it today. I've rewatched it twice this week. First round was all Joe B. Joe B was, was aggressive. He was mixing it up. The problem with Joe B is he does leap in with those punches. So in the second round, he leapt in, got caught in the fucking headbutt. And it was his fault. It wasn't Figueroa's fault. It was his fault. And you kind of got to fucking ignore it. Like, with you know, I don't want to praise Henry Sudos too much. But Henry Cejudo, I believe, in the Dom Cruz fight, he got headbutted or whatever it was, got a hor- horrible cut on his head, and he went out there and fucking knocked Dom out. You kind of got to put that aside. Benavidez let that distract them a little too much. I'm sure he's a little concussed, and he got knocked out, you know, not too far after that. Devison, though, if he comes in shape, he, he's a problem for anybody, right? He's big, he's strong for flyweight. 
His gas tank, you know, I think it could be probably put in the question. You never see him go five. Looked like he slowed down a little bit the last time. I know he missed weight. Hopefully he's in shape. I know he had COVID a couple months ago, and there was a lot of talk about this fight not happening, and it still might not as of 9-15 on Thursday night here in East Coast time. Um, but Figueroa is such a fucking beast, though. He looks so good. His only loss is to, wow, who did he lose to? I know this, too. Was it, uh, fuck, Formiga? Formiga, Juice Formiga beat him, which is kind of weird because I'm not overly impressed with Formiga. I did think Jared Brooks maybe beat him too. That was a close fight. But uh, Figueroa, big, powerful guy, doesn't throw a ton of combinations, has long arms, piston-like right hand. That's what he knocked Joseph Benavidez out last time. I'm a Benavidez fan, right? I don't want to see him lose. His cute little wife is working the UFC, watching him lose, and they're going to release the footage and then walk into the back. They're devastated. Just Joseph Benavidez is like fifth title fight. He's getting a little older. This is assumingly, I know Flyweight's a little thin, possibly his last time fighting for the title. Not sure if it's a mental block thing because he like beats everyone else. Um, he needs to mix it up a little more. I think he's the better wrestler. I think he's the better cardio guy. I don't want to see him wrestle too much in the beginning. Keep your distance, throw your kicks, keep your guard up, make Devison work, maybe clinch a little bit, throw your hands. Um, cause Benavidez did crack Deverson with some big shots in the first round. Keep doing that, but keep your distance. You don't need to be so active in such a high pace in the first round and then eventually slowly pick it up. That's obviously if Deverson can't go five, which we're going to probably assume he can't. I pick Benavidez the first time out and I want Benavidez to win, but I'm not going to bet this fight. I'm going to be straight up with you. I don't love the lines. I don't love Benavidez as that big of an underdog. I'm rooting for Benavidez, but when it comes to my money, I'm not putting anything down on someone I'm rooting for. I'm putting it on because they're going to win. Uh, I'm going to pick Devin's figure out. It hurts me to say that. I just felt like that first fight, I know the first round was pretty good for Benavidez. Like I said, I thought he won it, but Figueroa was also finding his range. He was landing some body shots. He was landing some nice right hands. Benavidez took him well. Every, the, the, the whole narrative has been the headbutt changed the fight. Hopefully there's no headbutt for this fight, but I see Devis and Figueroa being your new flyweight champion come Saturday night. I know I hate saying that, but that's it. That's what it is. Decent little card. I'm excited about next week, so we'll recap next week. Uh, this card, how I did on my picks. Follow me on Twitter, MMA Takes Podcast. Twitter, Instagram, MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube. I haven't uploaded a video this week. Been a little busy. Probably going to do a video next week for the Darren Till fight. Um, and yeah, that's it, baby. That's it. Follow me on social media. I'm going to get out of here. All righty. Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.